Volume two, part two, chapter nineteen of the ingenious gentleman Don Quixote of La Mancha by Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra, translated by John Ormsby, eighteen twenty nine to eighteen ninety five. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Volume two, part two, chapter nineteen, in which is related the adventure of the enamoured shepherd together with other truly droll incidents don quixote had gone but a short distance beyond don diego's village when he fell in with a couple of either priests or students and a couple of peasants mounted on four beasts of the ass kind one of the students carried wrapped up in a piece of green buckram by way of a portmanteau what seemed to be a little linen and a couple of pairs of ribbed stockings the other carried nothing but a pair of new fencing foils with buttons the peasants carried diverse articles that showed they were on their way from some large town where they had bought them and were taking them home to their village and both students and peasants were struck with the same amazement that everybody felt who saw don quixote for the first time and were dying to know who this man so different from ordinary men could be don quixote saluted them and after ascertaining that their road was the same as his made them an offer of his company and begged them to slacken their pace as their young asses travelled faster than his horse and then to gratify them he told them in a few words who he was and the calling and profession he followed which was that of a knight-errant seeking adventures in all parts of the world he informed them that his own name was don quixote of la mancha and that he was called by way of surname the knight of the lions all this was greek or gibberish to the peasants but not so to the students who very soon perceived the crack in don quixote's pate for all that however they regarded him with admiration and respect and one of them said to him if you sir knight have no fixed road as it is the way with those who seek adventures not to have any let your worship come with us you will see one of the finest and richest weddings that up to this day have ever been celebrated in la mancha or for many a league round don quixote asked him if it was some princes that he spoke of in this way not at all said the student it is the wedding of a farmer and a farmer's daughter he the richest in all this country and she the fairest mortal ever set eyes on the display with which it is to be attended will be something rare and out of the common for it will be celebrated in a meadow adjoining the town of the bride who is called par excellence quiteria the fair as the bridegroom is called camacho the rich she is eighteen and he twenty-two and they are fairly matched though some knowing ones who have all the pedigrees in the world by heart will have it that the family of the fair quiteria is better than camacho's but no one minds that nowadays for wealth can solder a great many flaws at any rate camacho is free-handed and it is his fancy to screen the whole meadow with boughs and cover it in overhead so that the sun will have hard work if he tries to get in to reach the grass that covers the soil he has provided dancers too not only sword but also bell dancers for in his own town there are those who ring the changes and jingle the bells to perfection of shoe-dancers i say nothing for of them he has engaged a host but none of these things nor of the many others i have omitted to mention would do more to make this a memorable wedding than the part which i suspect the despairing basilio will play in it this basilio is a youth of the same village as quiteria and he lived in the house next door to that of her parents of which circumstance love took advantage to reproduce to the word the long-forgotten loves of pyramus and thisbe for basilio loved quiteria from his earliest years 
and she responded to his passion with countless modest proofs of affection so that the loves of the two children basilio and quiteria were the talk and the amusement of the town as they grew up the father of quiteria made up his mind to refuse basilio his wonted freedom of access to the house and to relieve himself of constant doubts and suspicions he arranged a match for his daughter with the rich camacho as he did not approve of marrying her to basilio who had not so large a share of the gifts of fortune as of nature for if the truth be told ungrudgingly he is the most agile youth we know a mighty thrower of the bar a first-rate wrestler and a great ball-player he runs like a deer and leaps better than a goat bowls over the ninepins as if by magic sings like a lark plays the guitar so as to make it speak and above all handles the sword as well as the best for that excellence alone said don quixote at this the youth deserves to marry not merely the fair quiteria but queen guinevere herself were she alive now in spite of lancelot and all who would try to prevent it say that to my wife said sancho who had until now listened in silence for she won't hear of anything but each one marrying his equal holding with the proverb each you to her like what i would like is that this good basilio for i am beginning to take a fancy to him already should marry this lady quiteria and a blessing and good luck i mean to say the opposite on people who would prevent those who love one another from marrying if all those who love one another were to marry said don quixote it would deprive parents of the right to choose and marry their children to the proper person and at the proper time and if it was left to daughters to choose husbands as they pleased one would be for choosing her father's servant and another some one she has seen passing in the street and fancies gallant and dashing though he may be a drunken bully for love and fancy easily blind the eyes of the judgment so much wanted in choosing one's way of life and the matrimonial choice is very liable to error and it needs great caution and the special favour of heaven to make it a good one he who has to make a long journey will if he is wise look out for some trusty and pleasant companion to accompany him before he sets out why then should not he do the same who has to make the whole journey of life down to the final halting place of death more especially when the companion has to be his companion in bed at board and everywhere as the wife is to her husband the companionship of one's wife is no article of merchandise that after it has been bought may be returned or bartered or changed for it is an inseparable accident that lasts as long as life lasts it is a noose that once you put it round your neck turns into a gordian knot which if the scythe of death does not cut it there is no untying i could say a great deal more on this subject were i not prevented by the anxiety i feel to know if the senor licentiate has anything more to tell about the story of basilio to this the student bachelor or as don quixote called him licentiate replied i have nothing whatever to say further but that from the moment basilio learned that the fair quiteria was to be married to camacho the rich he has never been seen to smile or heard to utter rational word and he always goes about moody and dejected talking to himself in a way that shows plainly he is out of his senses he eats little and sleeps little and all he eats is fruit and when he sleeps if he sleeps at all it is in the field on the hard earth like a brute beast sometimes he gazes at the sky at other times he fixes his eyes on the earth in such an abstracted way that he might be taken for a clothed statue with its drapery stirred by the wind in short he shows such signs of a heart crushed by suffering that all we who know him believe that when to-morrow the fair quiteria says yes 
it will be his sentence of death god will guide it better said sancho for god who gives the wound gives the salve nobody knows what will happen there are a good many hours between this and to-morrow and any one of them or any moment the house may fall i have seen the rain coming down and the sun shining all at one time many a one goes to bed in good health who can't stir the next day and tell me is there any one who can boast of having driven a nail into the wheel of fortune no faith and between a woman's yes and no i wouldn't venture to put the point of a pin for there would not be room for it if you tell me quiteria loves basilio heart and soul then i'll give him a bag of good luck for love i have heard say looks through spectacles that make copper seem gold poverty wealth and bleary eyes pearls what art thou driving at sancho curses on thee said don quixote for when thou takest to stringing proverbs and sayings together no one can understand thee but judas himself and i wish he had thee tell me thou animal what dost thou know about nails or wheels or anything else oh if you don't understand me replied sancho it is no wonder my words are taken for nonsense but no matter i understand myself and i know i have not said anything very foolish in what i have said only your worship senor is always gravelling at everything i say nay everything i do cavilling not gravelling said don quixote thou prevaricator of honest language god confound thee don't find fault with me your worship returned sancho for you know i have not been bred up at court or trained at salamanca to know whether i am adding or dropping a letter or so in my words why god bless me it's not fair to force a sayago man to speak like a toledan maybe there are toledans who do not hit it off when it comes to polished talk that is true said the licentiate for those who have been bred up in the tanneries and the zocodover cannot talk like those who are almost all day pacing the cathedral cloisters and yet they are all toledans pure correct elegant and lucid language will be met with in men of courtly breeding and discrimination though they may have been born in mahaladhonda i say of discrimination though because there are many who are not so and discrimination is the grammar of good language if it be accompanied by practice i sirs for my sins have studied canon law at salamanca and i rather pique myself on expressing my meaning in clear plain and intelligible language if you did not pique yourself more on your dexterity with those foils you carry than on dexterity of tongues said the other student you would have been head of the degrees where you are now tail look here bachelor corchuelo returned the licentiate you have the most mistaken idea in the world about skill with the sword if you think it useless it has no idea on my part but an established truth replied corchuelo and if you wish me to prove it to you by experiment you have swords there and it is a good opportunity i have a steady hand and a strong arm and these joined with my resolution which is not small will make you confess that i am not mistaken dismount and put in practice your positions and circles and angles and science for i hope to make you see stars at noonday with my rude raw swordsmanship in which next to god i place my trust that the man is yet to be born who will make me turn my back and that there is not one in the world i will not compel to give ground as to whether you turn your back or not i do not concern myself replied the master of fence though it might be that your grave would be dug on the spot where you planted your foot the first time i mean that you would be stretched dead there for despising skill with the sword we shall soon see replied corchuelo and getting off his ass briskly he drew out furiously one of the swords the licentiate carried on his beast it must not be that way said don quixote at this point 
i will be the director of this fencing match and judge of this often disputed question and dismounting from rocinante and grasping his lance he planted himself in the middle of the road just as the licentiate with an easy graceful bearing and step advanced towards corchuelo who came on against him darting fire from his eyes as the saying is the other two of the company the peasants without dismounting from their asses served as spectators of the mortal tragedy the cuts thrusts downstrokes backstrokes and doubles that corchuelo delivered were past counting and came thicker than hops or hail he attacked like an angry lion but he was met by a tap on the mouth from the button of the licentiate sword that checked him in the midst of his furious onset and made him kiss it as if it were a relic though not as devoutly as relics are and ought to be kissed the end of it was that the licentiate reckoned up for him by thrusts every one of the buttons of the short cassock he wore tore the skirts into strips like the tails of a cuttlefish knocked off his hat twice and so completely tired him out that in vexation anger and rage he took the sword by the hilt and flung it away with such force that one of the peasants that were there who was a notary and who went for it made an affidavit afterwards that he sent it nearly three-quarters of a league which testimony will serve and has served to show and establish with all certainty that strength is overcome by skill corchuelo sat down wearied and sancho approaching him said by my faith senor bachelor if your worship takes my advice you will never challenge any one to fence again only to wrestle and throw the bar for you have the youth and strength for that but as for these fencers as they call them i have heard say they can put the point of a sword through the eye of a needle i am satisfied with having tumbled off my donkey said corchuelo and with having had the truth i was so ignorant of proved to me by experience and getting up he embraced the licentiate and they were better friends than ever and not caring to wait for the notary who had gone for the sword as they saw he would be a long time about it they resolved to push on so as to reach the village of quiteria to which they all belonged in good time during the remainder of the journey the licentiate held forth to them on the excellences of the sword with such conclusive arguments and such figures and mathematical proofs that all were convinced of the value of the science and corchuelo cured of his dogmatism it grew dark but before they reached the town it seemed to them all as if there was a heaven full of countless glittering stars in front of it they heard too the pleasant mingled notes of a variety of instruments flutes drums psalteries pipes tabors and timbrels and as they drew near they perceived that the trees of a leafy arcade that had been constructed at the entrance of the town were filled with lights unaffected by the wind for the breeze at the time was so gentle that it had not power to stir the leaves on the trees the musicians were the life of the wedding wandering through the pleasant grounds in separate bands some dancing others singing others playing the various instruments already mentioned in short it seemed as though mirth and gaiety were frisking and gambling all over the meadow several other persons were engaged in erecting raised benches from which people might conveniently see the plays and dances that were to be performed the next day on the spot dedicated to the celebration of the marriage of camacho the rich and the obsequies of basilio don quixote would not enter the village although the peasant as well as the bachelor pressed him he excused himself however on the grounds amply sufficient in his opinion that it was the custom of knights-errant to sleep in the fields and woods in preference to towns even were it under gilded ceilings and so turned aside a little out of the road very much against sancho's will 
as the good quarters he had enjoyed in the castle or house of don diego came back to his mind end of volume two part two chapter nineteen recording by expatriate in bangor maine